0: mm mm-hmm. Hello and welcome back to Love Pod Love Rockets. This is Ian here, and as usual, I am joined by my lovely co-host Rachel. Hi. How's it going?
1: Good. How are you?
0: I am doing much better.
1: Oh, oh yes. The last time you you spoke on the pod, you were you were unwell.
0: I was <laughs> ill. I I contracted the COVID, unfortunately, but I'm all better. Life is good, and you okay. know what else is good. Tell me. Friends. Friends are good. And we have a friend with us today. Whoop, whoop, whoop. We have the Lauren Ramsey with us. Hello. Hi,
2: Lauren. Hi. Welcome, well, welcome to the pod. To the pod. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We thanks are, for having me on. Oh, yeah. we're
1: very excited. We're used to having um, a different Lauren on. Our Lauren Lauren Stewart.
2: Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, it's it's nice to introduce new Lawrence to uh to the to the listening audience.
2: Awesome, I'm excited. We're
1: really excited to have you. So when we were kind of thinking through and brainstorming who we might ask to come on for this series, we were hoping to get somebody with some uh, uh some knowledge that we don't have because as we've been talking through a lot of these things, we keep saying as like a caveat, like we're not experts like we know we know some things just from uh learning and and growing and trying to trying to be better and um kind of like collect these little like tidbits here and there but like we're not experts so please don't take what we say (laughs) as like you know this is the truth about this thing um so we wanted to invite somebody on who is an expert so welcome Thanks. (laughs) Thanks.
2: <laughs> it's weird to have the, like be called an expert, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I, yeah.
1: Well, it's like, but, it's one of those things when it's like, you forget that you know something a lot about something that maybe other people don't know. Yes.
2: Yes. Sometimes I feel that imposter syndrome with being oh, a counselor, yeah. <laughs> which I think is a normal thing with, with just with lots of different uh, fields, not just mental health, but yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I feel that sometimes just being a person. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, welcome. Um, do you, We'll start by, if you want to just maybe tell us a little bit about um, your background, mm-hmm. what you do, and things like that.
2: Yeah, sure. Um, so I am a licensed um, professional counselor, um, and I have been... Um, I currently work at Mighty Oak Christian Counseling, which is, is in Bowling Green. So it's a Christian um, private practice. And I work with mostly with folks who um, struggle with anxiety and depression, but it really just could be um, anything. Those are just kind of the most most common. But um, I love what I do. I felt like God called me um, to counseling like er, in college and didn't know, I mean, to mental health in general, I didn't know exactly mm-hmm. if it would be counseling or not. Um, but I feel like he's kind of paved the, the path that way. And, um, and so, yeah.
1: That's so awesome. Um, and you're, um, you actually have come to H.O. Toledo uh, to speak to when we were having a church out of yes. the karate school. Yes. <laughs> came to karate you came to karate church. It, I did. That was quite an experience. It was cool.
0: <laughs> it was very yeah. fun.
1: You know, it was a time when we were really making the best of things. Uh, we were trying our best. And now we are, we're uh, back on campus. Awesome. So um, we'll have to invite you back when you can come in, uh, and and uh, not be in a karate dojo. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, Well, that's so great, and we're, like I said, we're so excited to have you and kind of talk through some of um, these topics with you, so um, to kind of remind people listening and then also catch you up a little bit, we've been going through this series called What's Your Story, and we wanted to pair the podcast um, this time around with our Sunday series, just because we felt like with each of these topics, there was going to be kind of like more to talk about than can be presented in like a... 33 minute teaching um, on a Sunday and we wanted to just kind of like give space for these different conversations um, and hope that this kind of like also spurs on people to have conversations about these things with the people in their lives, with their friends, with uh, their mentors and things like that. So um, we've been going through, we've done a couple episodes about um, the path, And then last week we posted our panel where we did kind of like a past-present combo. Um, And this week we're kind of hoping to focus all on um, what it looks like to write your story in the present. Um, And I guess I'll just start off by asking you, Lauren, Mm -hmm. um, in like thinking about our lives as like narrative and story, what role do you think that like mental health counseling and that kind of whole world plays and viewing uh what we're doing as like co-authoring a story.
2: Yeah. Um I feel like it it definitely has a huge impact on our story and just seeing our part in God's overall story. Mm-hmm. Um and God being kind of the author of our story, but we're also a part of that too with writing it. Um, I I feel like when it comes to the role that mental health plays, I think of um, this idea in this kind of this mental health term called core beliefs. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's basically like, um, like our, our most central ideas or beliefs about ourselves, about others, about the world, about God. Um, And, everybody has these, everybody has beliefs, um, these mm-hmm. core beliefs, but these can act like a lens through, uh, which like just through, a, through every situation and life experience. Um, and so I think that what our core beliefs are, are going to impact how we, obviously how we view like ourselves in the world and, and God. Um, but it's going to impact our stories is going to impact, um, those things. And, and one thing that I work a lot um, with clients on is looking at what their core beliefs are. And if some of them are um, like skewed or not like not accurate, not based in truth, um, mm-hmm. then I mean, that's going to um, cause a barrier with being able to um, you know, just like acknowledge what, what their story is or what their purpose is. Um, and like you know, for example, if if there's a core belief of, um, you know, God is is not good or, or doesn't um, mm-hmm. doesn't love me, I'm unlovable. Mm-hmm. Um, then you know that's going to make a huge impact on, on someone's life. And so, um, I think that also like our our past, our past experiences, trauma, our families, things like that play a huge role in. I mean, our mental health, but um, of course, like, how, you know, our stories, too. Mm.
1: That's so good. Yeah, and we talk about how, like, in, like, co-authoring these stories that, like, mm. we're going to have to take an active role. We're going to have to be an active participant. Um, for a lot of the the outcomes that we would like to see or that would make us think like you know when we're old and gray and looking back on our life to think like oh that's like that was such a good story like I I you know it had purpose and meaning and all those things but like in order to get that we're gonna have to we're gonna have to get involved um, right. so um, is that something that like you would say I mean, this is kind of an obvious question, but, like, always comes easy in the day-to-day and, like, those minute decisions? Um, Or is that something that you're seeing, like, overall people are having a hard time with? (laughs) And I think about even maybe in the context of, like, I feel like we're on month, like, 785 of this pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, the ability to, like, feel like you're out there actively co-authoring a story just feels hard. Yes.
2: Yes. Yeah, I definitely think so. I think that, um, especially with, like, I mean, you mentioned the pandemic and all the things that have happened that has affected Mm -hmm. every single person in in some way. Um, I I think I I noticed that, and myself included, like, but a lot of people I work with, like, we can feel like things are not in our control. Um, Mm -hmm. Things, you know, this pandemic happened to us. These things are happening. We're losing, you know, losing... Maybe family members or friends to mm-hmm. COVID or things like that, that are, are happening outside of our control. And so it can, I mean, I feel like that can make us question, like, how can we be active participants in our story when we don't even feel like we have control in our lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I mean, the truth is overall, God is in control and, and mm-hmm. he's um, yeah, he's ultimately in control when we when, like we're grasping for control that can cause Um, things like anxiety and stress and worry, um, Mm -hmm. even depression, but Mm -hmm. yeah, I definitely can see how it can feel. I mean, it can definitely be challenging in the day to day, um, to, Mm -hmm. yeah, to be active participants. It can sometimes feel easier just to be passive and Mm -hmm. say, (laughs) well, Life can just, um, like feeling like life is happening to us and not knowing our place and those kinds of things. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and it's so hard too when it feels like those big picture things are kind of decided for us and they're so out of our control right. that it makes us think that like well nothing is in our control. And it's also like trying to reclaim like those little decisions that you're like, yes. well, your your day-to-day is still in your control, like your ability to to have discipline and have a routine and, you know, do things that bring you bring you joy or make you happy and that kind of thing are those things are in your control and you can do that but it gets tiring when you like you're like you live with the pressure of like at any moment like the world could just shut down because it did like that mm-hmm. happened to all of us
2: right Which right for sure yeah I think it's scary. At, okay where do we have yeah like I work with clients a lot on identifying where where they have control, especially if they feel like I don't have control over anything. It's looking at, okay, well, you, you, there is, there's, is some, I mean, health, like healthy control, um, mm-hmm. where, you know, you have the choice of even just like little things like, you know, um, foods you eat and things, you know, just, um, what time you decide to do this or that and who mm-hmm. you spend your time with and, mm-hmm. uh, things like that. And so it's, I think that can. Control, but in, again, in a healthy way. Not in a, what I mean is not in yeah. a, a way that um, yeah just causes more anxiety or takes control away from what God really has control over or what we have no yes. control of it um right well
1: because the flip side yeah. of that too is then if you invest all of your hope in like i will control these things and i will make mm-hmm. them perfect then you find yourself like crying in the middle of the frozen food aisle because you can't find any <laughs> green beans <laughs> you know like yeah and you're that like was a I very not specific
0: be. example
1: I mean, it's not based in, like, direct reality, but is there a world in which I'm standing in the middle of the frozen food aisle <laughs> crying because I can't find green beans? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> you know, it's like those little moments where you're like, wow, I'm having, like, a big reaction to this thing that is, like, not that big of a deal. Like, I can, my logic part of my brain tells me this is not that big of a deal, but it's making me freak out because, you know, I put all of my eggs in the lab we'll to work out basket.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, so as uh, you're working with people kind of through this time and things like that, um, what are some of the, like, I know you've kind of touched on this already, but what are some of the maybe uh, mental health trends that professionals are seeing right now um, that kind of uh, make this idea of writing a story in the present maybe more complicated or challenging?
2: Uh, yeah, I think that, anxiety and depression definitely seem to be more on the rise um, especially in the last couple years seen um, it, yeah just i mean I think that thing that was already on the rise before the pandemic but mm-hmm. like since the pandemic started just seen a, a significant increase in those um, m- mental health counseling and which is really mm-hmm. good i think that there's a lot of people who've who, who seeked it out that haven't, um, been in counseling before and it kind of there, you know, in the last couple of years, they've decided, okay, like I really need to seek help on, on some things that they're struggling with. So, um, yeah, so I think, I think that, but also grief, mm-hmm. I've seen that mm-hmm. a lot, especially with the last couple of years, um, not just grief of, you know, um, the death of, of someone, but grieving what, um, You know, I mean, the fact that lives look so different now, uh, Mm -hmm. people have made, uh, have to adapt to changes because of the pandemic and and not just the pandemic. I know that's been the main thing the last couple of years, but um, Mm -hmm. there's also just been, yeah, just a lot going on in our world and in our Mm -hmm. um, country the last couple of years. And so uh, I think adapting to those changes and um, even just, I mean, losses and, And job changes, things like that, things not going as planned can cause confusion as to, you know, what, what their purpose is, what their stories are, what that looks Mm -hmm. like. Things didn't go as planned when they think about the story of their life and, Mm -hmm. okay, that this took a different direction. What does this mean? And what's God's, you know, what is God's place in this? um fear of the future fear of the unknown um Uh you know can can come up with that too and so these things can I think cause barriers to um or just make it more complicated when it comes to yeah writing writing your stories
1: yeah that's so good and we've talked a little bit about um (laughs) grief in some past episodes um and kind of in the context of like um Different trauma that happens, or like even some parts of like generational trauma that maybe like we didn't yeah. pick or didn't happen directly to us, but have had this kind of like lasting impact. And we've talked about like how like grief kind of demands acknowledgement. Like we we have to we have to do it. Like we have to be active in that as well. And could you talk just a little bit about like what kind of uh, starting to like unpack that looks
2: like yeah with grief yes <clears throat> yeah um i think with looking at grief acknowledging that we there's it, there's so many things that can come with that or can i think we think of of grief often as um a death or, or loss of someone uh, but it, it there's so many things that we can um, grieve or look back on and look at, okay, this wasn't the way that I had planned or had thought things would go. Um, seeing that something's missing when we thought it would be there kind of thing. And I think, um, the, the, the five stages of grief is helpful and I'm not going to remember exactly what though is, but there's, um, like, I think like denial, and anger and depression, all mm-hmm. those are, are included in that. And, and that those emotions are so normal,
0: um, mm-hmm.
2: to, to come up when someone is navigating, um, grief, but I think I like what you said, um, like acknowledging it is huge. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that that's really the start is acknowledging the need to grieve something. And just the, um, the fact that it's, there's not with grief, there's not really an end point (laughs) and that can Mm -hmm. feel hard. Um, but really it's, it's kind of like a, I mean, kind of depending on what it is. Um, it's hard to speak about examples, but it can be a lifelong thing, but yeah. a, a journey. Um, yeah. And it might feel heavier for, um, for you know, something that is bigger than, you know, grieving something smaller. But, um, but yeah, I think acknowledging sure. it and being able to, like, invite God into that, too. And, um, and Yeah but I think that's a really good thing to acknowledge and to um, make that decision to like work through.
1: Yeah. We talked about um, on our panel last week, Lauren Stewart was talking about the idea of Shalom Mm. is nothing missing, nothing broken and how um, like God's people have the ability to look forward with hope that like when we're in heaven, we'll have Shalom. We'll have the nothing missing, nothing broken. But until that time, yeah. we kind of have to grapple with the fact that we, we don't get that. We have the kind of like, you know, sometimes it's like the scraps of all the other things that we've kind of pieced together. Um, and there's times where that feels like really fulfilling and good. And then there's other times where, yeah, you do feel that grief of like all oh, this thing is missing or broken. And right. Um and that like uh it's okay that it feels not good because it's also not the way it was supposed to be
0: right. so
1: that's really good um so when we talk to think about like we're a college church um our our main focus is college students um how as a college student how do you decide what kind of story you even want to write? So like for a lot of our students, this is really the first time that they've experienced the ability to like be in charge of the story that they're writing. You know, they're, they're now in charge of the million boring decisions they make throughout the day. And how do you decide what that co-authorship looks like or where to begin or things like that?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. Cause definitely with, with college students, they're in a time like a major time of transition, mm-hmm. and and I feel like such an important time to uh, reflect on on the past and and I know when I was a freshman in college, that's when I really started to look back on my childhood and my life and mm-hmm. and the way I was raised and the values that my family held and I realized a lot of things once I was kind of out of, out of the house and, um, looked back and realized, oh, like, this isn't, this isn't how I want to live. Or I like, oh, I Mm -hmm. liked this value growing up that my parents instilled in me, um, Mm -hmm. things like that. And so I was able, it's, it's a time of kind of realizing those things, but also like making really big life decisions. Um, which mm-hmm. can feel really overwhelming. And mm-hmm. I work, um, mm-hmm. I do have quite a few college students who I work with, um, in a counseling setting, but then also with our, I, I should have mentioned this at the beginning, but I'm at H2O Bowling Green, which you guys know, but, um, <laughs> and my husband's uh, one of the pastors. Um, but I, but with working with college students, I see, just, I mean, anxiety is, is so prevalent, um, mm-hmm. which makes sense with I and mean, that just, there's just a lot of pressure, pressure. with, yeah. I mean, especially with making that, um, like with knowing what you want to do and what your job will be like after yeah. college, after you graduate and working mm-hmm. with a lot of seniors right now who are struggling with like finding the perfect job and mm-hmm. um, not wanting to dis- disappoint their parents because mm-hmm. they've their parents have helped them with four years of college or whatever it is um and so i think it's such an important time to look at their you know their story and reflect Mm -hmm. on that and especially the past but um but also like in the present how does that how does that impact them? what are they learning i feel like that's a good question to ask is like all right Mm -hmm. what what is god uh what is god teaching and just like allowing that reflection time inviting people into that Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, that comes with being rooted in, you know, in church community. And, um, I know for me, that was, that was extremely helpful at that time, just with allowing people to help me like process, um, that and, but then also taking the pressure off a bit to feel like you have to have the future of your story written out. Mm-hmm. I think that's especially prevalent with, yeah, you know, with college students.
1: Yeah. And it's the pressure that there is like a capital R right answer. Yes. And like, that's such like a, that's such a thin, you know, a thin needle of the thread. Whereas like, there's one right answer. And if you don't get that thing exactly right, then you pick something that's wrong and it all falls apart, which is like so much pressure to put on one decision or one time of life when like the truth is really like life is long you got some time like you know treasure every moment like live life to the fullest and all the all those things can be true and good in their own context but also you know it can also be true that life is long and there's a lot of time to figure out a lot of these things like and i wish somebody would have just i mean maybe people were saying this and i wasn't listening but i wish i would have heard earlier like you have time to to be the person that you think you want to be like there's plenty of time mm-hmm. to figure that out like it doesn't have to be when you're 21 and freshly graduated like not I don't know very many people who figured their whole life out at 21
2: yeah I mean if you think about it our, our brains aren't fully developed until like
1: 26 yeah. or something right 26. The decision.
2: Like, yeah and the yeah. decision making
1: part of your brain is what develops yeah. last for sure yeah <laughs> So
2: that's helpful. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's, it's a lot of pressure. And I think taking some of that pressure off. I know for, for, for me, it, I mean, it's helpful to see examples of other people who, I mean, maybe, you know, very, um, they graduated with a certain, like, I know quite a few people who graduated in education, for example, mm-hmm. and then, you know, went on to do, to do, you know, work in full-time ministry or, mm-hmm. um, work in. I think I went to grad school with somebody who, yeah, who graduated in education and then she went on to become a mental health counselor and then went back to education. But mm. she, she still appreciates the education she got, doesn't see it as a waste of time or right. a waste of money because it helped her in the field that she ultimately ended up in. Mm. Um, and who knows, she might, you know, shift and change. And I think just acknowledging like, that's okay. Um, yeah. Like God has a plan in that. There's not a right or wrong. Um, mm-hmm. God's gonna work in our lives no matter what. Like if we're in tune with with Him, we're abiding in Him. Um, then we can't really. And it's you know it's not sin that we're not. We can't really go wrong, um, right? And I think that goes with like where we end up. Like as far as where we're living, what child we have, things like that. Um, allowing to see like, like to not see things as so black and white. Um, and it kind of helps take the pressure off
1: um, so yeah. yeah there's this great verse in Isaiah that talks about like um, whether you go to the right or to the left you will hear the voice behind you saying this is the way walk in it and I think mm-hmm. about that a lot like we don't feel very free in a lot of those decisions but the Lord is there being like, you're very free. <laughs> like <laughs> whether you go to the right or the left, like this is, you're seeking me. You want to do what I want you to do. So like this is the way walk yeah. in it. And that is a hard reminder, but a good one. For sure. Um, so in some of our past episodes, we've, uh, touched a lot on, um, just like different things that have happened that, um, maybe, uh, we're a little bit more impacting than others. We've talked about uh, trauma. We've talked about generational trauma. We've talked about um, just like that very few of us get through life without uh, any impact or being in uh, any way. And that uh, that this like impact can um, really make it difficult sometimes uh, to, to live in the present and to be a person who's actively writing their story. And I think um, about I know this has been true in, in my story um, and in some of the stories of um, my friends and things like that, but like, especially if you're from like maybe a high trauma um, environment where you know that your story includes a lot of trauma, just the idea of like, I think about like being a person feels really hard, like just doing basic things to take care of yourself, like setting a routine, eating healthy meals, like Um, doing things that keep your, your physical body healthy and well, but also doing things that like help you to, to navigate the world, you know, getting tasks completed, um, like starting and finishing tasks. And um, like, we call them at my school, like with all these executive functioning skills. (laughs) Um, And if those feel really challenging, like, first of all, do you see that with people who have that like high trauma past? And then also like, what, do, what could you do if you feel like you fall into that category of, like,
2: all I can do right now is, like, keep myself alive? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. I see that a lot. I've, trauma, is it, that's definitely something that I have in my my past, in my childhood. So I've experienced trauma and had um, had to go through some healing with that mm-hmm. and work with a lot of of people who've experienced trauma in their past and trauma can definitely impact like our daily functioning, which Mm -hmm. is like what you're talking about, like the day-to-day tasks, the things that feel like they should be really simple, but Mm -hmm. they're really hard. Like Mm -hmm. taking a shower and eating three meals a day. Mm Um, I, you know, I, I talk with a lot of people who are like, I, I can't even have the appetite to eat more than one meal a day. Mm Um, I, I can't, you know, get up to my alarm or get the motivation to, you know, things that, that, um, might seem really simple to somebody who especially like, hasn't, um, experienced trauma in their past. Mm -hmm. And, and so it can, it can definitely impact those things. Um, and I think just acknowledging, I just want to like acknowledge that and, um, Mm -hmm. and just, you know, if, if someone's listening and has experienced that, like they're like, it's okay. Like they, it makes sense with what they've, they've been through that there's, um, that's going to impact their daily life. I think that Mm -hmm. if, if they're, if someone's finding that it's, it's impacting their daily functioning, then, I mean, it probably would be really helpful to, to, to seek counseling and to gain some tools to, um, Mm -hmm. help be able to like function better and, and, um, be able to deal with that. I think that, um, like there, I think with that, there can be a lot of should statements, which mm-hmm. I like to call it that come up where it's like, oh, I should, I should be eating three meals a day. I should be able mm-hmm. to take a shower every day. And, and I think it's easy to compare, um, compare themselves with people who quote do it all, um, mm-hmm. And I think when that happens, it just, it can cause or create more shame. Um, and just, it doesn't usually help. Um, so I think like being able to, um, Mm -hmm. give, give themselves, themselves grace, um, Mm -hmm. see that, recognize that God is, um, the grace that God has already given them and, um, And, and sometimes too, when I think about like, like basic tasks, something, and this is kind of a tip that's helpful. Something that I work with clients a lot on is, is they're just waiting for this motivation. Like, Mm -hmm. I just, I just want to feel motivated. How do I get motivation? And I I usually challenge it with like, well, what if it's not all about motivation? What if it, you know, and I, and I have them ask the question of like, how will I feel after Mm -hmm. I complete this task or do this thing? Like. Um, and, and setting the goals really small, mm-hmm. like not feeling like, you know, with someone if they're, you know, like, oh, I should, I should read the Bible more. I should, um, you know, get into scripture more. It's like, well, what if you just read one verse, you know, s- like spent five minutes, not, you know, and, and cause I think there can be a lot of pressure to like do more and I should be doing more. Um, but yeah, kind of back to the question of like, how would, how you feel after this is complete it's usually like, well, I'll probably feel really good. Um, I'll probably feel relieved. Okay, and then go with that because that usually helps build some momentum. Um, But again, I don't want to say it's all about just like getting tasks complete. I think it's recognizing the barriers that are there, which can definitely be worked through in community and in counseling, um, especially with trauma, that can be really helpful.
1: That's so good. And I think that, yeah, that idea of like trying to view ourselves with grace is so helpful yeah. um, and really hard, but that's so good. Thank you so much for that answer. That's great. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: Um, so we kind of talked about um, a lot about mental health, um, and then you touched a little bit on kind of spiritual health in that last answer. Um, but what ways do you kind of see um, healthy mental health practices um, align with, like, healthy spiritual health? And then kind of the idea of just like, could, can we even, can we have one without the other or as like people who, who love God and want to do what he wants and, you know, want to be part of God's people? Like, do they have to go hand in hand?
2: Hmm. Um, yeah, that's a good question. Because I feel like there's often, uh, can, there can be a misconception in, um, that like counseling and faith, or like counseling in the church, are opposed to each other, or mm-hmm. are like you know they don't go together. But if we think about like God made us, He made mm-hmm. our brains, He gave us, you know, thoughts, and you know our, our brains give us thoughts. He gave us emotions, and and He wants us to take care of our bodies, and our brain is a part of that, and and so that's where mental health. Um, comes in there's um there's a really good book and maybe you guys have heard of it called emotionally healthy spirituality by pete's mm-hmm. Cazero. yes the last name right um it's really really good it's it's basically on this this topic and concept of of where sp- like spiritual health and mental health align and um he his point his kind of main um premise is basically it's impossible to be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally mm. immature. Mm. And, um, actually I have a quote from his book real that might be helpful, but he said to feel is to be human, to minimize or deny what we feel is a, is a distortion of what it means to be image barriers of God to the, mm. to the degree that we are unable to express our emotions. We remain impaired in our ability to love God, others, and ourselves well, um, because our feelings are a component of what it means to be in the image of God, to cut them out of our spirituality is to slice off an essential part of our humanity. So mm-hmm. like, you know, God cares deeply about our emotional health. Mm-hmm. He's the one who gave us emotions and feelings. And um, that can be a way that God communicates to us. Not that all of our emotions or feelings are true. That's mm-hmm. where like those core come in. Like sometimes we feel things that might not be true or based in truth. Um, But it's usually still God trying to bring something out and maybe challenge, you know, um, you know, a belief that we have based on an emotion. But, but yeah, I definitely think that the two align and we can't really separate them.
1: Yeah, that's so good. I think it's also, it's one of those things where you think about like somebody who's maybe really struggling with their mental health presently or just knows like Mm -hmm. that, like I have, you know, these mental health concerns or like, I know that like different things crop up every now and then. And like thinking about like, well, does that preclude me from being able to be like effective in ministry or to be a leader or to um, accomplish the things I want to? And I would say, no, it definitely doesn't preclude you but it, it, it could take you out sooner than you'd want it to if you aren't like actively addressing and working on nurturing and yes. like, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, um, just saying that you're, you know, somebody who struggles with those things, like that won't take you out for sure. Like, I think everybody has to do some level of maintenance to their mental health, but it's like the, the lack of care or the lack of attention that like, you know, would kind of take you out much sooner than you'd like to be, I think.
2: Yeah, yeah, I mean, when we, when we lack in taking care of our emotional health, it's gonna negatively impact our, our spiritual lives. Mm-hmm. Our, you know, doing ministry or just actively engaging in our relationship with God. Yeah, that's, that's really good.
0: Our whole persons are connected. There's no compartmentalization mm-hmm. of our lives
1: unfortunately not okay. <laughs> Although sometimes wouldn't it be easier um so we've kind of talked about what it would look like to um kind of invite people into um the writing of our story or some of the parts of our story that have already been um and we've talked about inviting people um who like pour into you and teach us things like maybe some mentors um we talked about people who are kind of side by side um more like peers and people who support us um directly in community that way um what advice would you give to somebody who's um who wants to invite those people into the story but maybe are are a little afraid for one reason or another
2: yeah i think um Acknowledging it's it's okay to be scared, to invite people in. That's the really, really normal thing. And I think um, um, that if that that fear is there, it's likely because of a past hurt um, that has come with inviting people in, rejection. Um, maybe, you know, someone was vulnerable and opened up to somebody and, yeah, they felt rejected or they felt shame or hurt. And so those things can cause barriers to... Um, inviting people into our stories, inviting people into our lives. And and so I think that, I think just that reminder of how good and important it is to invite people, but the right people. And by that, mm-hmm. I mean like choosing safe, um, emotionally, spiritually healthy um, people to invite in. Um, it's okay not to be completely transparent with everybody um mm. I think choosing being selective and I think like like even if, if someone's asking like I don't know like I don't know how to find safe people like um like asking God to to bring those people in or um and and just and I think yeah being able to be intentional um with those people but seeing that you know there is there's so much benefit in inviting the right people into our story at reinforce they can help reinforce like who, who we are, like someone who's for us, um, Mm -hmm. but also for our place in God's story and ultimately rooting for us in our relationship with God. Um, if Mm -hmm. we invite those kinds of people into our lives, then we're going to see fruit from that. Um, and yeah, but yeah, it's, it definitely is, you know, normal to have that. Um, Mm -hmm. kind of that insecurity or that like questioning of you know what would the benefit be or what why you know just that feeling nervous to invite people in.
1: Yeah that's really good and you touched on kind of the vulnerability piece of that and I'm just wondering if you could maybe um, go a little bit more into what does it really look like to to be that vulnerable and also the idea of like i think that we kind of have this like i don't know like where it comes from maybe it's like pop culture maybe it's just like even a little bit like uh generational but that the idea that like uh, social media is helping us to be vulnerable that like we can be real and we can post things that are like true about us but it's kind of this curated vulnerability you know it's you know mm-hmm. words that we've picked pictures that we've picked and we're we're kind of we're sharing things, but it's really through the control and the the curation of like this persona. Um, and can you talk about maybe what just the the vulnerability that leads to like all those all those really positive, helpful things that we hope that people in God's community are getting from each other?
2: Yeah, I think um, I just think of like doing. Do, doing life with people doing life together um I, I mean I know that like online I mean I think that was a good example of just how yeah, maybe we can be open and not we can you know put a vulnerable post up and you know feel like oh we're open and and that's great but are are we a lot of the people that we might be talking to or involved with like on the internet or you know it, are people we don't really have a lot of relational equity with? And right. so they're not really going to know us kind of in our day-to-day lives. And so um, I think a lot of the, like those genuine authentic relationships are built more so kind of face-to-face or in, in person and, um, and being able to really just, when I say like do life together, um, like inviting people into to our lives, letting them, like, saying yes to, you know, invitations from, from others, um, whether, you know, just doing mundane tasks or, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it is, meeting up for coffee and, you know, kind of just sharing, you know, really, like, how are, how are you actually doing, um, not just mm-hmm. kind of superficial conversation, mm-hmm. um, but I think when we're, when we remember, like, kind of, you back to earlier, knowing, like, okay, God gave us, you um, like gave us emotions he he we all we all had like we're i think we're more just we're more similar than we think i mm-hmm. think that oftentimes mm-hmm. the barrier can be like oh nobody will like understand or fully get it and yes mm-hmm. there might be parts of our stories that are very unique we might not completely 100 percent relate with with someone someone else on an experience that we've had um you know like but we the emotions I think are the biggest things like, Mm -hmm. you know, rejection, hurt, shame, like Mm -hmm. it's likely that, that you'll meet someone who's experienced those emotions and can understand Mm -hmm. and can sit in that. And Mm -hmm. I think it's kind of um, acknowledging that when we think about vulnerability um, Mm -hmm. that is really helpful. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. And I think sometimes those things that we
1: feel super afraid to talk about even with people who are you know healthy and safe and um who, who love us like the longer we don't talk the longer we kind of keep it in the dark the big seems to us you know the, the scarier yes. it gets but it's like dragging it uh kind of dragging it into the light and um there's like uh it's scary for sure but in my experience, there's like a definite freedom that comes with it too, because yes. you're like, oh my gosh, I've been carrying this thing around and been telling myself like, you're all alone in this, or like nobody's gonna get it, or nobody's gonna understand. And um, yeah, with those those people that that close circle, um, there's such freedom and
2: just being able to share. Absolutely, yeah, I love that. I use that a lot. Of bringing things out into the light, um, it really takes the power away. Mm-hmm. Um, from what what it is and I think that even if somebody can't fully uh, like um, relate on oh me too I don't think it's so mm-hmm. much about oh me too I've been there too um, with that same situation but I think that people just like it encourage encourages other mm-hmm. people to be open to like vulnerability what is it like vulnerability breeds vulnerability, vulnerability. Yep. Mm-hmm. yeah um, like it it encourages openness with with others and creates this deeper bond in those relationships and um even if the content or like the what happened it, it is is not the same but more of like okay we're both we're both <laughs> bro like broken or just uh, like mm-hmm. people who just need god and this the, this is a part of you know this is my story this is where I'm I'm at now and this is you know I'm um and, and just kind of, I feel like being able to bond on that um, mm-hmm. and being open with like, this is what I'm struggling with. Um, it, there's so much fruit that, that comes with that scary for sure. But, but I think once we're able to, to, see, yeah, to get, um, to see the benefit of that and to feel the freedom that comes from bringing that onto the light, like you said, that mm-hmm. is um, yeah, we see a lot of fruit in that for sure. That's so great. Oh,
1: Lauren, I've so enjoyed talking with you. It's been so fun. Um, and I'm sad that we've reached the end, but I just wanted to thank you so much again for coming and talking with us.
2: Of course. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah. And then in just kind of in some of the wrapping up, if, if somebody is kind of um, wanting to kind of reach out and to, to have a starting place, um, with some of this, um, what would you tell them and where would you point them?
2: Yeah. um, I mean, I think, I think just even just with talking about community, uh, looking at, okay, is there, is there someone I can reach out to or, or um, open up with, um, be intentional with is a good question. I think that, I mean, maybe, maybe some people are listening and feel like, okay, I need to take a step into um, maybe seeking you know seeking therapy to be able to process some of the stuff from the past that feels heavy that feels difficult mm-hmm. feels like a barrier to even knowing like who I am what's my what's my place in this world what is my story and um, that mm-hmm. could be you know really beneficial and really helpful um so I think um those you know just kind of being able to but I think just when it, like bringing bringing someone into that um I mean whatever that looks like is I think a good yeah next step with this yeah
1: well that's great and again thank you so much and i'll throw over to ian to kind of wrap us up
0: all right lauren you rock just thank you i just enjoyed getting to listen and just like getting to know some more about this like your your thoughts and your words are greatly appreciated by me personally but i also know all our listeners so thanks again
2: of course, of course.
0: And if you've made it to the end of this episode, thank you for listening with us. Remember, if you have any questions, if there's anything that you'd like to maybe dive deeper with, remember to email us at lovepod, loverockets at gmail.com. Leave us a like and review wherever you're listening from. You can follow along in this series called What's Your Story here on the podcast, but also with us on Sundays. Or if you miss a Sunday, you can catch us on our YouTube channel, and listen to those and we're excited to continue this conversation and thank you for your time and attention and we'll be back next week bye-bye bye <laughs>